John stood before the assembly of students on the first day of school. He said, good morning, boys and girls. I'm your new principal. Welcome to mediocre middle school. During the upcoming year, we'll be implementing a brand new philosophy here at our school. It's called the Just Get By philosophy. From now on, we will no longer challenge you to use your God-given abilities and do your best. In fact, it won't matter to us whether you get an A-plus or a D-minus in any particular course. The only thing we will ask of you is that you avoid getting Fs. As long as you can avoid failure in each subject, that will be acceptable to your teachers and it will be acceptable to those of us in the school administration. Would you young people like to go to that school? The other day, Jane attended the first meeting of the new local basketball team. The coach said to her and the other girls, Ladies, I have some good news for you. During the upcoming season, we won't be having any practices. Won't be having any scrimmages. You can spend your time doing something else. You won't have to spend hours learning plays or any new skills, as, as, long, as long as you can dribble the ball without tripping over yourself and shoot the ball so that it ends up somewhere near the basket. That's all we care about. Our aim isn't to win or to teach you new skills or to help you to learn how to work together as a team. All we want to do is survive the season. Bill recently bought a new company. During his first day as owner, he gathered together all of his workers, his employees, in the corporate meeting room, and he said, friends, from now on, your one job requirement will be to show up for work every day. You don't need to do anything while you're here, unless you feel like it. All I ask you to do is take up space here for eight hours, then you can go home. You might say, Father Ray, what are you getting at? Those are three ridiculous stories. In the real world, those things would never happen. Correct. That's precisely why I shared them with you today. See, each of those anecdotes provides us with a clear example of mediocrity and minimalism. John, the principal, told his students that he was satisfied if they did the bare minimum in their studies. Jane's coach told her that she was happy with mediocre effort, mediocre performance on the basketball court. Bill told his workers that all he wanted them to do was to show up for work. Do the bare minimum, just come through the door and take up space, and I'll be happy. I'll pay you a full salary. I think we all know in the real world this kind of mediocrity, this kind of minimalism, is not acceptable. It's not acceptable in school, it's not acceptable in sports, it's not acceptable in the workplace. Then why, I ask you, has it become acceptable for many people in the area of personal morality? That's the key question of the day. Sad to say, but when it comes to moral matters, many people today have become minimalists. Their attitude is not, what do I have to do to be perfect? What do I have to do to be the best that I can possibly be in this life? 
the attitude of many people today is, what's the bare minimum I have to do? What's the bare minimum I have to do and still get into heaven? Or to phrase the question another way, how much can I get away with here on earth and avoid going to hell? Jesus, in this gospel text we just heard from the Sermon on the Mount, gives us an implicit but very clear warning against this type of minimalistic attitude. In effect, he says to us, look, you not only need to avoid mortal sins in your life, you need to try to avoid venially sinful attitudes that lead to mortal sins. For example, he says there, you have heard the commandment imposed on your forefathers, you shall not commit murder, every murderer will be liable to judgment. But what I say to you is, everyone who grows angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, any man who uses abusive language toward his brother shall be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and if he holds him in contempt, he risks the fires of Gehenna. Murder and deep hatred are the mortal sins Jesus mentions here. But at the root of those sins is anger. So initially, yes, the anger we have in our heart may only be a venial sin, but if we don't make the effort to face that anger, deal with that anger, repent of that anger, and let go of that anger, then Jesus indicates it can very easily grow to the point where it becomes mortally sinful. This is why we must not be minimalist when it comes to matters of morality. If we don't take our venial sins seriously and try to uproot them from our lives, it can easily dispose us to more serious sins. Jesus makes the same point here with regard to impure thoughts. He says, you have heard the commandment, you shall not commit adultery. But what I say to you is, anyone who looks lustfully at a woman has already committed adultery with her in his thoughts. Now, does that mean that every impure thought that pops into a person's mind uninvited is mortally sinful? No, it doesn't. Jesus is warning us, look, if you don't make the effort to dismiss an impure thought when it comes into your mind, if you entertain that thought and you think to yourself, let me see how far I can go with this without falling into serious sin. And chances are you're going to fall into serious sin. And the serious sin will come the moment you have a firm intention to commit the lustful act. The bottom line is, when it comes to lust, anger, sins like that, the message of Jesus is, don't be a minimalist. Don't simply try to avoid the big sins, or you might fall into them. The proper attitude, Christian attitude, concerning moral matters was expressed by our Lord in one line in this very same Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But you might say, Father Ray, we're weak. We're sinful human beings. It's not possible for us to be perfect. Well, here I think we can take a little lesson from two great football coaches, one named Lombardi, the other Belichick. Jerry Kramer and many ex-Packers from the 1960s have said, Coach Lombardi demanded perfection from us. He made us strive for absolute perfection on that football field. Of course, he knew, and we all knew, that we could never attain that goal. But because he made us strive for that ideal, we became better football players, than we ever thought we could be.
We have a lot of Patriot fans here. Patriot fans, you can be darn well sure that Bill Belichick has the very same message for his football players before every game, and I dare say knowing him before every practice. Actually, that message is implicit in what he says to his football players all the time. Do your job. He means do your job the best that you can do it. Do your job, strive to do your job with absolute perfection. Let me summarize it for you in this way. In moral matters, if our goal is mediocrity, mortal sin may be the result. But if perfection is our goal, we will probably become better people, better disciples of Jesus Christ, better Catholics than we ever thought we could be. May it be that way for each and every one of us.